0: Final score shows that Miami lost the game by just one point, a questionable finish on a no-call layup attempt by Jimmy Butler, but they potentially lost a lot more than that. A Bam Adebayo injury has Heat Nation holding its collective breath and could have catastrophic implications for the rest of Miami's season. We break down the game and what's next for the Heat if they lose Adebayo on today's Locked On Heat.
1: You are Locked On Heat. Your daily Miami Heat podcast All right, welcome to Locked on Heat, your Monday to Friday podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg here with David Remill from a room at FTX Arena following the Miami Heat's loss to the Brooklyn Nets. However, you might be tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Uh, The Heat lost to the Nets by one point, 102 to 101 here on a Sunday night. Uh, We're going to get to our takeaways from what a high-quality basketball game uh, it was uh, up one second. Uh, Up one, I'm sorry, with seconds left in the game. Um, The Nets had the ball. Kyrie Irving, a chance for the go-ahead straightaway three-pointer. Misses the shot, but Royce O'Neal gets the offensive rebound in a mad scramble. Floats it in, and the Nets go up by one. The Heat got the ball for one last possession with three seconds left. Kyle Lowry inbounds the ball to Jimmy Butler. Butler goes up near the basket. Royce O'Neal, again, contesting the shot there with some contact. Butler's shot misses. Game's over. Uh, We're going to get to Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero and those injuries here in a second. But, David, did you think that Jimmy was fouled on that final play?
0: Looking at it from the arena, you see the contact. It's all so quickly. It was a chaotic play at the same time on the opposite end of the floor. You've got Max in the corner. You've got Tyler Hero slipping on one end there for a potential injury as well. But as far as Jimmy's drive is concerned, it looked like there was contact there. Just enough, I think, to warrant a foul call. I know a lot of people say, well, it's the last second of the game. You don't make that call. That's not true. We've seen that call made uh, in many uh, occasions. And I don't... I don't think that there was enough verticality, something that Eric Spolster pointed to in his post game press conference, saying that the player kind of leaned over Jimmy Butler with his arms, making contact, sending Jimmy to the floor at the time he was making that layup attempt. I think there was contact. I think there was enough for a foul call. However, it wasn't called. Doesn't really matter. The game's over. There's no way of challenging it. The last
1: two minute report tomorrow is going to be interesting. Um, Spo was trying to be as diplomatic as possible. Basically, don't find me, please, was his message, but tried to get it out there like, I. I kind of thought there was contact there, and, and he yep. basically said as much. We asked Jimmy about it in the locker room after. Jimmy said, no, no foul. I should have made the shot, and he's got a point. It was right there. June Butler is a strong player. He makes much tougher shots than that, almost on a routine basis. Yep. No reason why that shot should not have gone in. At the same time, you're down one, 3.2 seconds left in the game. The idea is basically, hey, let's just get to the basket, and if you don't make the shot, at least you get fouled and a chance to win the game at the free throw line um the heat you could talk about free throws if we want in a very high quality basketball game everything was quality i thought for the heat in this game other than the free throw line they went 12-17 that's 70.6 percent from the line this is a team that, that routinely ranks among the top teams in the league in free throw percentage so to be there was rather surprising um in terms of that last play just to put a bow on this thing i thought it was a foul I thought Rose O'Neill. There was no vertica- There was not enough verticality there. The arms clearly come over. There's clearly contact made. If you wanted to call the foul, I don't think anybody could have complained. I don't think that it would have been disputed in the last two minute report. Um, if it does show up in the last two minute report, it's going to show up as a foul uh, for Jimmy Butler. At which point, there's nothing you could do. Right. The last two minute report is kind of ridiculous in that sense. Anyway, it's just like, oh, cool. Thanks just, for letting me know. Doesn't matter. Really pissed off. Uh, yeah, tomorrow. it's there's just, nothing we can do about. It. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I I think Jimmy's right. He should have made the shot. Um, I'm not I'm not even blaming him for the loss. We'll get to Blame Pie here in a minute, and that's going to be kind of tough because I actually thought it was a really well-played game yes. all the way around. Let's just put a pin on that in a second, though, because I know that people that uh, may have saw Bam in a bio not there for most of the fourth quarter. Orlando Robinson having to finish the game at center because Bam, what a lot of people thought, Bam, uh, there was that monster dunk over Joe Harris. Poor Joe Harris. RIP. Pour some out for him. Um, but... Uh, immediately Bam Adebayo grabbing in his right hand afterwards. Uh, People thought that he injured his hand on that dunk. He had to get taken out later, uh, midway through the fourth quarter, did not return in the game because what he called excruciating pain. Uh, Spolster basically said he had to convince Bam not to go in there because he couldn't shoot the ball. He couldn't use that hand at all. And in a game of this sort of uh, magnitude, yeah, you need somebody to be able to use both hands. Seems like a minimum uh, kind of thing that Florida hit. But um, Bam Adebayo said that – Well, Spoh said the x-rays came back negative, clean. Bam a bio saying that's basically going to be a pain tolerance thing Mm -hmm. going forward. So, uh, layman's terms, TBD, if he's going this time. And also explaining that
0: the injury took place earlier than the dunk.
1: Right. He said it happened about two plays before the dunk and that the dunk almost just exacerbated it. Either way, he's dealing with this hand injury. His hand was in a hard wrap at his locker after the game. So it's just going to be something to monitor. I'm sure there might be some swelling that they might have to look at tomorrow. Um, No practice for the Heat tomorrow, but I'm sure that Bam will be at the facility kind of getting it looked at and treated, and that's where we're going forward.
0: And we'll talk about the implications of the injury because I think a lot of people are concerned that if Bam – is injured for a prolonged period of time this could potentially tank Miami season and I I use that word very carefully I don't (laughs) think I don't think they're trying to again actively tank for a draft spot but the loss of Adebayo could have significant implications
1: he's been the best player on the team this year they're 21 and 20 you lose Bam Adebayo it's very hard to bounce back from that and I know everybody loves Orlando Robinson but he's not ready to be Bam Adebayo so nobody
0: is um Brooklyn Nets head coach before the game. He was just talking about what a leap he's made, what an incredible athlete, a star-level player, etc. I think he's starting to gain more and more respect across the league in that sense. He was fantastic early on. Again, the monster duck was the play that everybody will remember, but it was his defense on Kevin Durant, his playmaking, his ability to run the floor unparalleled in that sense. And then once the injury took place, Clearly limited five of fifteen from the floor in twenty eight minutes of play. He just looked like a shell of himself, and eventually, yeah, this was not out, a good.
1: This is he was a minus twenty. The Heat were outscored by twenty five points on, in Bam Adebayo's twenty eight minutes. Um, I, I thought he looked tentative and weird, and it turns out that that was because the hand was bothering him almost the entire game, right. um, and that's why Spo takes him out late. Going back to that final play, though, the other interesting thing that happened there, other than Jimmy may or may not being fouled, was Tyler Hero um, slipping on the FTX logo uh and what do you call the wet spot and then writhing in pain grabbing his knee turns out it was a left knee he was also kind of checking out his ankle a little bit just basically lower body stuff not good for him on that foul play took him a long time to kind of get up and walk to the locker room did do it under his own power we talked to him after the game and he said i'm good basically now what does that mean i don't know the heat are not you know infamously not in the uh they, they don't love to divulge Shake. too much yeah. when it comes to their injuries. So we'll see. TBD on Tyler Hero. But uh, standing in his locker, he had a light cast around the knee, mm. nothing around the ankle. He was standing at, at his... locker. It was just a wrap? I'm sorry, not a cast. Uh, a wrap. Okay. A soft wrap. Okay. A soft wrap. Um, just normal, just normal, you know, first aid stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, and then was standing at the locker, wasn't sitting, so I thought that was a good sign too. Yeah, he's 23.
0: Uh, Look, he, he was young. He slipped. It looked like he hyperextended a bit. A lot of pain in the moment eventually
1: can we blame thing. ftx at all like another thing can we just add this to the lawsuit the ongoing lawsuit <laughs> good luck you're not going to be able to collect on it <laughs> can we take the, the other, ftx so. logo off the stupid floor I since it's not a real company anymore
0: i don't think it was a logo <laughs> so much <as> sweat <laughs> piling on top
1: of it um, so that's that's the update on Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero let's just go and then also in terms of injuries Kevin Durant maybe the best player in the league right now uh, leaving the game in the third quarter with an apparent um, knee injury or or ankle or something Um, looked like the knee goes up for uh, uh, an loose ball offensive I can't really recall what happened there need any
0: collision with Jimmy Butler need need any
1: collision with Jimmy Butler so he goes down has to uh, goes to the locker room does not come back out he's ruled out for the rest of the game so he didn't finish the game either uh, for the Brooklyn Nets uh, and the Nets announcing that he's going to go under, undergo an MRI on Monday. Yeah. So we'll find out more on Kevin Durant, which is a real shame. You know, Kevin Durant playing at such a high level this season, you never want to see somebody get in, especially Kevin Durant with this history that he has, right. having to miss so much time at his, in his prime. So you never want to see that. Obviously, from the Heat's perspective, you don't want to see Bam not be able to finish the game and then Tyler potentially suffering a bad injury on the final play of the game and, and ultimately a loss. My big takeaway from this game, David, is this was a really high quality basketball game. It's a one point game against the best team, the the team playing the best basketball in the NBA right now in the Brooklyn Nets, and Miami playing them toe to toe. Spolster saying at the end of the game or after the game that he felt like the Heat played well enough that they deserve to win. And I got to tell you, I I agree with him 100%. I, I thought that he played really well tonight, that this was anybody's ball game. that they probably should have won. That last play that Royce O'Neal tipped in was so chaotic. Everybody boxed out. That wasn't mm-hmm. even a situation where, like Tyler Hero had the box-out assignment on Royce O'Neal and, and boxed him out. And then Yutawantanabe goes up and then just like ends up landing something horizontal something. and something. push and like just bowling ball pins these guys out of the way. And next thing you know, Tyler Hero's like over there and the ball just falls right to Royce O'Neal and, and he's just crazy. to him has the wherewithal to go up and tip it in but it was just a weird chaotic play said after the game nine times out of ten that doesn't happen again i agree just sort of a weird thing but overall hopefully the injuries aren't too big of a deal for either team and you can almost take something positive from this game in that the heat played the best team in the nba right now toe-to-toe in a game that they could have easily have won
0: absolutely agree there I, i think it's unfortunate that injuries and just general play chaos Kind of changed the outcome of the game in the last couple of minutes of there. But aside from that, it was back and forth. I thought it was going to be all the makings of the blowout early on when Bro- Brooklyn came out with their incredible length.
1: Oh my gosh. Have three seven footers
0: yeah. dominating, switching everything, just making Miami look. Absolutely out of source. There and they were shooting no like fifty
1: seven percent early in the yes. game. They ended up shooting 5th two fifty I'm sorry, fifty-two percent in the game, which is still great.
0: There was no flow to the offense on Miami's end and you wonder what's what's gonna happen. How are they gonna be able to bounce back? Who's gonna step up? Well, it was a collective effort, a great collective effort from Jimmy. Tyler, Bam having his moments, Hayward Highsmith having his moments. He finished the night with 10 points, and not a lot of people will criticize him. But I thought his defense and overall pressure was really, really good. Yeah. I think he had a solid night. Yeah. He got a great contribution off the bench, too. Victor Oladipo had eight points. Orlando Robinson with six. Max Struess with 10. A great overall effort. And again, just back and forth. A lot of good offense, a lot of good defense, both teams. And for people who are, who are looking at this and saying, you know what? It was still a loss. Guess what? You just held your own against the second-best team record-wise in the NBA, possibly, as you said, the best record, with great superstar-level talent, (laughs) and Miami at home did what they were supposed to do, staying in contention, unfortunately, wound up losing the game.
1: And you held the Brooklyn Nets to 102 points, and I know that Kevin Durant didn't play the fourth quarter, but he played 30 minutes, which is low for him this year. He's playing the most minutes in the NBA, but still, to hold the Brooklyn Nets to 102 points when Kyrie Irving is just Unbelievable. 29 points on 10 of 21 shooting. It felt like he did not miss that many shots. Um, every time he made a shot, it just felt like a killer. Um, no, the Heat played really well. Um, should mention that they took 93 shots to Brooklyn's 75. A lot of that was because they were forcing turnovers, forced uh, the Brooklyn into 19 turnovers. They scored 18 points off of those turnovers. So if you're looking for ways that Miami was able to play this into their kind of pace because it felt like it was going to be played at Brooklyn's pace early on. Miami kind of got this played at their pace as the game went on. They kind of wore into Brooklyn and, and made it more of a physical game. Felt like a playoff game, David. That was a lot of fun to watch. Again, I just you and I obviously watching the game live. A shame that injuries are sort of the story that we're taking away right. from this. Hopefully, what we learn on Monday is that they're not long-term injuries for either side, especially for the Miami Heat. But that was a and if that is so then I think the Heat have actually a lot more positive uh, to build on than negative. That said, it's a loss, and we know the rules around here. we got to hand out lamb pie after every single loss. We're going to do that next, but first, tell listeners about our next sponsor.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by TurboTax. Go to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Meet with an expert who will do them for you. TurboTax experts can relieve you from the stress of taxes and file for you so you can do not taxes. You can show your eyes things that are not taxes. You can unpack a moving box of not taxes. Taste not taxes. Sing not taxes a lullaby. Hope Not Taxes sleeps through the night. Grab a saddle and ride Not Taxes into the sunset. With a TurboTax 100% expert guarantee, an expert will do your taxes from start to finish so you can relax. Feels good to be done with your taxes, doesn't it? Come to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. Full-service products only. Video meeting while expert does your taxes required. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Thank you for making Lockdown Heat your
1: first listen. That smell is the smell of another smelly blame pie. Um, This is tough. I really don't know where to go with this, David. Um, We can just, how about we do this? Unless you feel strongly about blaming anybody. Uh, I, I suppose the only person we should blame is Jimmy Butler, and only because of his own admission, even though he scored 26 points on 22 shots, 9 rebounds, 7 offensive rebounds, got to the line, made 7 of his 9 shots from the free throw line, had a couple of steals. I thought Jimmy Butler was Jimmy Butler was, was, was pretty good. I, I would not call it an A-plus game for him. It, would, it probably wouldn't be an A-minus one. It would probably be like a B for him. I think that's fair. I thought there was times where he could have been a little bit more assertive and, and tried to be a little bit more physical. But honestly, I was really impressed with the Brooklyn Nets defense in this one. Like they did not make it easy. They flattened out Miami's offense. They made them work really hard for everything that they got. Uh, their best offense ended up being Jimmy Butler eventually sort of finding his rhythm yeah. here and there, or you know Kyle Lowry or Victor Oladipo finding hit ahead passes, sort of creating fast break points out of nothing. Randomly in the second half, finding Orlando Robinson in the short role yeah. and him kicking out the shooters. Orlando Robinson had what? Two assists in the game. That's that's really good for a center, a plotting center. So, um, and then Victor Oladipo making things happen off the bench as well. He didn't have his – like what we've been accustomed to, high volume sort of night, only eight points on two of ten shooting. But I thought he was as sort of as anybody was for the Heat tonight. So I thought they got good versions of their offense at times. Yeah. It was just a little – too sporadic. Uh, you you remarked in the third quarter. There was a time where neither the Brooklyn Nets or the Miami Heat scored for four almost four straight minutes, and it was kind of that kind of game, um, a weird defensive battle, That's considering not, what the who the opponent was. And,
0: and and you know that doesn't make it a bad game. In fact, again, watching a game, yeah. I think at home or even here at the arena, caught up in the excitement of the moment because. There was a lot of effort. This wasn't the kind of ugly game. It wasn't heat pacers
1: that. from a couple nights ago. Where it was exactly. just Brickville. Yeah.
0: Miss a shot, languishing <laughs> around, not really doing anything. This was intent on both sides. Yeah. Effort, energy.
1: So much switching too, yes. and the communication on both sides for yes. defense. Again, I came away. I am coming away so impressed with the Brooklyn Nets. I was a little dubious, and I'm like, you know what? They could do. They could win the whole thing this year if they keep oh, playing yeah. defense at this level. I and I their their communication on that end is really good. And and again, I don't want to sit here and and praise the Brooklyn Nets all that too much during our Blame Pie segment, but I, I really just I I feel like more credit goes to the Brooklyn Nets in a game that look, Jimmy Beller's shot goes in or Royce O'Neill doesn't get this freak offensive rebound tip in shot. And we're talking about credit cookies instead of blame you know, we're handing out ten credit cookies instead of trying to d- divvy up a blame pie. I I just don't know where to go with it.
0: I'll counter something with the, and I know people are going to take this pun and run with it, the elephant in the room, and that's the the production of Kyle Lowry, who I think continues to get blame from Heat fans for his effort there because they're looking at the final stat line. They're saying, whoa, he was 2 of 10. He only finished with, what, 4 points? Yeah. Uh, Not a great night for him, and yet a plus-minus, positive plus 4 out there on the floor. Only positive starter. Yeah, exactly, Uh, and I think it's... Again, we keep quantifying it with Kyle, and I wonder if we have to go into more and more detail of what it is that he does. I think he did actually play a really good game. He did. I think he was excellent in his role, and that's the problem is that we keep – or I think Heat fans in general keep trying to – not pigeonhole him, the exact opposite. They keep seeing his role as being much larger than what it should be, in the sense that they want him to be this incredible scorer, this volume shooter, this great playmaker, et cetera, et cetera. That's not what he does. I think defensively, he was fantastic. He did a really, really good job. He wasn't the one guarding Kyrie Irving on a lot of those shots. And even if he was, Kyrie Irving was hitting shots that were almost impossible to hit on anybody, on, on any night, and yet he was knocking him down. Kyle had a great game as the floor general setting up the play or setting up the play that set up the play. And I think that's important. The hockey assist is important. It's it's getting and seeing the floor and getting everybody into the right position. And yet at the same time, he continues to get blamed from Heat fans, and I wonder how much of that is deserved or not. Because I really, well, I'm watching a different game out there, and I know people I, will criticize I, us or criticize me specifically in our comments and saying, "What game are you watching?" And I go, "I'm watching the same game. I'm here in
1: the arena." There was a 10-2 <laughs> run that the Heat had in the second quarter to take the lead. I think it was their first, maybe their second lead of the game. Kyle uh, only after early on, the, Kyle Lowry right. was. 75% responsible of it, between making the sh- the few shots that he did, he only made two shots, and then the assists and getting guys involved. Like You watch that game and you're like, oh wow, Kyle Lowry is mostly responsible for this run that gave the Heat their their first meaningful lead of the game, their first sustained one. Um, I mostly agree with you. I will provide one counter. Sure. You do need him to make more shots than this. Uh, if Kyle, La- Kyle Lowry can't really afford to just be... Draymond Green point guard version On this Heat team Draymond Green could be Draymond Green on the Warriors Because they've got Steph Curry, Klay Thompson A bunch of Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins Guys who are going to score more than him And are expected to do so the Heat do need more from Kyle Lowry. That's fair, and he has not made more than four shots since the day after Christmas. It's been seven games now that he has not made more than four shots in a game. They need a little bit. Do they need him to score twenty a game? No, not even close. But to score four points, make two shots, three shots, they do need more from him. They need a little bit more production.
0: Thirteen points per game is, I think, I, is a sweet I, spot for him.
1: I, yeah, I I think that's fine. I, I think that you know even fifteen could be a good target for him. Um, but it's tough, and, it, and it's something that we. We don't have to go into great detail now, but um, Three point when, when the forward. offense is starting to tilt more towards Tyler Hero, Bam bio pick and roll, getting Jimmy the post-ups, it's just, it leaves you sort of questioning where it is that Kyle Lowry fits in in the offense. And sometimes he does just stand in the corner because there's nothing else for him to do. Uh, other than just sort of try to be an off-ball guy, he took five three-pointers tonight, missed all of them. Yep. Um, but he's got to make shots. He's got to make those shots. If he makes two of those five three-pointers, the Heat win this game. You know, that's. I, I know that's not technically how things work in real life, but you know what I'm trying to say. Um, so if we're going to do blame pie because we have to, Jimmy Butler, because of his own admission, he said I should have made the shot. We got to give him some blame pie for missing that shot. Um, Kyle Lowry, I think, gets some blame pie. Uh, I don't really know where else to go with it. Maybe we don't even have to hand out ten slices. I'm good just doing like two and two. <laughs>
0: that sounds fair to me. To be honest with you,
1: that's fine. All right, let's do that. Um, what if Bam at bio does have to miss time? That's what we're going to b- talk about next. What are the Miami Eats options? Where does Orlando Robinson factor into all that? But let's first hear from our sponsor.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you've got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know a lot of people have the goal of eating a little healthier this year. If you're like me and you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then, man, I've got just the thing for you. you got to try Built with Built Healthy is Tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't know that they're good for you. You won't think they're good for you, but they are perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Bilt does it. It doesn't matter. These bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they're healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. You don't need to wait around to get a box anymore. For years, we've been talking about ordering them at Bilt.com. But now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section. Grab Grab yourself a box of Built bars. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors: brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later, or of course, you can always go to Built.com.
1: Reach Locked On Heat on Twitter, Instagram, email us Locked at gmail.com. Send in questions for our post-game show using the hashtag #AskLOHeat on Twitter. Let's get to this first question: What if Bam Adebayo does have to miss time for the Miami Heat? Where can they go? for reliable minutes at center. And David, I mean, this is coming from the obvious place of Dwayne Dedman, who is a DNPCD tonight. Eric Spolstra going instead with Orlando Robinson as the main backup. We know that the minutes with Orlando Robinson have been inconsistent on and off. Sometimes it's a Dedman night. Sometimes it's Orlando Robinson night. I know that it's frustrating for fans. I just, I keep trying to remind people that Orlando Robinson only has, what, 22 days now left on his two-way contract. That's not enough for, the re- for him to be the backup center for the rest of the season. No telling if or when they'll be able to promote Orlando Robinson to the 15 man roster. So they not know, not because they don't know if they're going to be able to do that or when they can do it. You just have to be conservative right now with Orlando Robinson. They felt like tonight they had a chance to win the game with Orlando Robinson. So Spo goes with Orlando. Dwayne Dedman doesn't see the court at all. That ended up being the right decision in terms of just the competitive nature of this one. Um, but it's also one less day that you have Orlando Robinson now, according to the rules of the two way contract. That said, um, if Bam does have to miss time, it kind of would force the Heat to to make a decision on Orlando Robinson, wouldn't it? It would make them, if you don't trust Dwayne Dedman, even for backup minutes, and you do trust Orlando Robinson, do you, if you're the Heat, have to find a way to get Orlando on the 15-man roster?
0: I don't think so. I think he can continue to play him, just use up the rest of his days. In the and then figure it contract. out later. Yeah. And, and at this point, once the trade deadline rolls around, you have to. First of all, it's whether or not Bam will miss a significant amount of time. If he misses, and I don't see why he would if x-rays are negative at this point. But let's just say, worst case scenario, he does miss that kind of time that we could possibly dread here. We're talking about the end of his season, maybe, or not until the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, I don't
1: think it would be that. I'm thinking, thinking of that point, a couple weeks. couple weeks max. And, and even then. I, I hate to pretend to know anything other than just based on what we just saw and talked to a him. But. Six game sample size, yeah. let's say. Yeah. Let's,
0: yeah. If, if potentially somewhere of the next six games that he might miss. If that's the case, you got to play Orlando, all of them. I, mean, yeah. I don't think you have any options. Omar Yeard, seven sitting on the sideline, still no update from him. I have no idea when he'll be available or not. I think you just have to use the platoon of Orlando Robinson and Drain Deadman, And I'm not sure who starts over who at this point. I mean, Robinson getting the minutes tonight. deadmond has been so shaky as, a, as yeah. a bench player. I don't think he'll get any better as a starter. But I don't think that Orlando Robinson has the stamina or the speed to be a long-term starter over the next few games that Bam may or may not be out. So it's not Do you, a great
1: option. I, I, I wonder... I'm not even that interested in who starts between Orlando Robinson and Dwayne Dedman because the fact of the matter is you're going to use both of them Mm -hmm. for 48 minutes, probably. I I just don't know, and I say that because I don't know that there's a small ball option for the Heat. They've experimented a little bit, mostly sort of in the preseason with guys like Jamal Cain, Haywood Highsmith at the 5. Do you try that? Eric Spoelstra, like half-jokingly in preseason remarking, like, I would love to one day play Jimmy Butler at the 5. In certain matchups, is that an option? The other thing is you look at the schedule coming up. Like just in this uh, this week, uh, the Thunder at home on Tuesday, and then two games against the Milwaukee Bucks. You're not really going small against the Bucks. You could probably do it against the Thunder, given that they'll play like Kenrich Williams at the at, at the five sometimes. Yeah. So you could probably get away with Heywood uh, Highsmith, Jamal Kane who's actually back with the team now, worth mentioning, um, or even Jimmy at the five. Like you could probably do that against the Thunder. You can't do it against the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks on Monday on Martin Luther King Day. They're a team with multiple centers, multiple big guys that they could put at that five spot. Whether it's Clint Capella and Eka Kongu, John Collins, that they've been able to play at the five uh, historically, so can't really go small against them. So you're like, really, it, it's going to come down to a lot of Dwayne Denman and a lot of. It's going to be both of them. They have to. They have to play. And I, I don't think it's all that important who starts. That, that to me is not very important.
0: Now. I mean, some players will ask, or some fans will ask, Noah Vonley, having been waived, could he sign him on a 10 day contract? I think that's the, the yeah. question for this yeah. roster.
1: Can't. I mean, they can. Uh, I actually, I'm not really sure how the, the, the cap. They can, I think, right now, but then they would only be able to do it one more 10 day contract for the remainder of the season right. based on how close they are to the luxury tax line now if they decide suddenly that they no longer care about the luxury tax line then this becomes less of an issue that said this team is 21 and 25 uh, 21 and 20 right now it's been hovering around there all season long i don't see mickey Harrison being like you know what this is the team i'm going to pay the luxury tax for honestly i can't really blame them right now so um the 10-day contract could be an option based on okay let's just give bam like a couple weeks give him some time sign somebody with a 10-day understanding that we're only going to have One more chance to use a 10 day contract between now and the end of the regular season, but this is as good of a reason to do it as any.
0: Yeah, if you have zero faith in Deadman's healing, uh, maybe he's not at 100%. You know, again, Spolstra electing not to play him at all tonight, despite Bam's injury. I I think you don't have much options, yeah. And I don't think you want to necessarily sacrifice the whole season. Again, we're talking about it. In theory, we have no idea what we're kind of projecting ahead with Bam's injury. We don't know exactly how long he'll be out. If he misses time, we assume that he will. And that being the case, you, can you go with Robinson and Dedmon? Let's maybe that's the well. You can,
1: line. you can, but then you risk. Like Dwayne Dedmon has not been healthy. You're going to get creamed. consistently. You're going to get creamed by the Bucks. Well, you will. You will. But also. Like, what if Dwayne Denman gets hurt again? What if he can't play this many games, like, especially competitive games against an up and down Thunder team? When, I'm, when I mean up and down, I mean the pace. They play very fast. Sure. And then the Bucks, who are super physical and brutal to play. I mean, you're going to put Dwayne Denman in front of Giannis for how many minutes? And then you, you think he's going to play Thursday and Sunday? I, I would guess probably not because he just hasn't been that durable all season long. So, just given the fact that you only have two centers left, we'll see what happens with Giannis Haslem. He'll probably have to see some minutes here. That's a good point. Um, but, like, you don't, to, to you don't want to, you don't want, to rely on these guys because you can't. So I think just based on that alone, you might have to investigate using this 10-day contract. Can I throw one name at you? You mentioned Noah Vonley. I actually like Noah Vonley, physical rebounder guy. Can't really do much else, but I I like his effort, and I kind of fall in love with effort guys. But let me throw an interesting name at you. DeMarcus Cousins worked out recently for the Los Angeles Lakers. Is that an option for the Miami Heat? No.
0: I can't see it as it is. I I don't mean to be overly dramatic here. I just think... If there was ever a time when they would have done so, they would have done it years ago when he was off and on injury and kind of inconsistent play, trying to work his way back. It seems like the textbook type of reclamation project that Miami has always fallen in love with and been very effective in resuscitating. You think about what Dwayne Deadman was during the pandemic. You know, they picked him up off the waiver wire. He yep. had been sitting out for a prolonged period of time, nursing his injury. Half a season, yeah. And then they bring him back and they add him to the roster, and he's been with us ever since. Now you're looking at a player like DeMarcus Cousins has missed what all of last season. I mean, no, he played Denver? for
1: uh, Denver a little bit last year. Right. You know what? I
0: think why not? I, I look. I, it I doesn't hurt mean, to bring him in for a workout. Personally, I don't
1: mind it at all. I would, I would investigate it. Um, can I throw one other name at you then? Sure.
0: No, no, I know which name it is. <laughs> I know that Brett. That's Hassan Whiteside's Brett. <laughs> I know it. Nope. Part of the system. I think that bridge is burnt peed on and sent to the Bert crematorium. Peed on. Yeah, I, 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 that, that, those ashes are scattered to the four winds. No way will they bring back Hassan here. Um, I'm at the point where I
1: would look at it. Okay. I think Hassan Whiteside was relatively impactful for the Utah Jazz last year as yeah, a backup center.
0: David Locke would argue otherwise, but sure. David Locke uh,
1: is our boss and and I love him. Um... Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think they're at the point now where you have to kind of look at these, at the break glass in case of emergency kind of options and that is certainly the category under which DeMarcus Cousins and Hassan Whiteside fall I, I, I really just don't know what the other options would be like you could call Dwight Howard, you could dial that long distance phone call it's not happening. Um, but like, I just, I see that a less likely option even than Hassan Whiteside or DeMarcus Cousins of course
0: just got I, re-signed by the Spurs on a 10 day contract so he's off the market right. too
1: I, I, I think those are the three names Yeah. Look, and then I, you know what? I shouldn't say that. There are also guys in the G League, young guys who are worth maybe taking a chance. You look at guys like uh, uh, like a Luke Garza and and other kind of guys who have sort of you know gone up and down between NBA and G League stints. I think those are certainly options. We know that the Heat are investigate the G League very thoroughly, and that they have a list. They they keep a a board of names year round of guys that they like, and so um, sometimes it ends up being Max Truce. Sometimes it ends up. Not, but um, that's another option that they could go is a name that maybe the casual fan just doesn't recognize. Just,
0: the center, I'm not so worried about. I think in terms of what you're looking for, you're never going to get anything in terms of what Bam could provide. can Explosiveness, et cetera. You want somebody who's going to, at the very least, be somewhat switchable. And neither Vonley... Whiteside or Cousins provides that. So I don't know that there are any options.
1: Of those three, I say Vonley gives you yes. a little bit more. Absolutely. Uh, I, I like Vonley from an effort level. And maybe you even just like, hey, I just need somebody to try really hard for 10 days. That's fine. And and in that case, maybe Vonley is an option. Um, and like I said, maybe the Heat have scouted somebody and then they have the next Orlando Robinson in mind. Who knows? I think the Heat have to make a move uh, if, bam, this is a substantial amount of time. but 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 we'll find out. We'll get there. Thanks again for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked On Heat on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Ring the bell to get notified as soon as new episodes go up. Now make your second listen, Game to Game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.